Welcome to the Procurement Show. Hello and welcome to the Procurement Show, the show that tackles the topics we all need to think about and sets out to explore the more interesting bits of procurement. I'm Jonathan O'Brien. And I'm Paul Philpott, and there's nothing artificial about my intelligence. This week we're focusing on the procurement practitioners and leaders of tomorrow and how we can help develop the right soft skills, especially leadership skills that are essential for a high-performing function. The Procurement Show is brought to you by Positive Purchasing, enabling the future of procurement in organisations around the globe. To help me do this, our guest today specialises in developing and equipping procurement teams with the soft skills that they need to be effective and also the leadership skills that they need to drive procurement. He has worked all over the world helping procurement teams and runs Evolution Online Learning. His LinkedIn profile describes him as someone who is helping busy people make the best of their time with life-changing tools and techniques. He is a coach a consultant and an NLP master trainer. And I met him when I took his program to become a neuro-linguistic programming NLP master practitioner, which was truly life-changing. So I thought we'd get him on the show. Please, would you welcome to The Procurement Show, Martin Crump. Hello. Hi, Martin. Welcome. It's good to be here. And that was quite an interesting introduction. So thank you for that. It was a great introduction. I was thinking we could all do with a bit of crump in our life now. (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree with that. And if it was life changing, I hope it was life changing in a positive manner. Yeah, it was absolutely. And that's why I thought it was really important to get you in because, you know, I've done lots of bits of training over the year and the neuro-linguistic programming training that I did with you just changed so Mm -hmm. many things at a personal level, but also at a professional level as well. So before we get into this, Mm. Martin, tell us what NLP is and why is it so important for procurement practitioners? Well, I've heard NLP described in lots of different ways. Um, There's a lot of negativity around if you just hit the internet, you'll read lots of positive and lots of negative. So I've heard it called West Coast Psychobabble. The West Coast bit is probably quite accurate because it was developed in California in the 70s by a couple of people. Or was initially developed. Obviously, it's grown and developed since then. I've also heard it called a new age flaky BS, which I prefer to think of it as a pragmatic set of tools, techniques, skills, thought processes that can really enhance the way that you interact with other people, whether that's in all areas of your life. So improve Mm -hmm. the outcomes that you get generally. Hmm. So I think the neuro bit is really about how you process information, how you take it in and make sense of the world around you and form your map of the world, if you like. The linguistic bit is about how you communicate that sense to other people but also how you communicate to yourself, because I'm guessing you both talk to yourselves occasionally. I know I do. I do it all the time. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah because having done the training, that internal dialogue is a good thing. Is it really? Yeah. That's just like your days on the radio, really, isn't it? You, <laughs> <laughs> you spent 30 years talking to yourself. My mother listened. Well, there we go. That makes all the difference. Jonathan, in your introduction, you used the term soft skills. Yes. Now, when we talk about soft skills, I tend to think about the more traditional sort of things, like time management, yeah. presentation skills, Clearly, we all need those. But would you say that this NLP thing, this is also a soft skill or is it an essential skill? How important is it to us? First of all, I think soft skills can be a bit of a misnomer because I think they're quite hard for most people to 
get hold of and apply effectively. But we use that term to differentiate from technical skills, really. I prefer to think of interpersonal and intrapersonal skills. The interpersonal skills is the way we interact with other people. Mm -hmm. And intrapersonal skills is the way we interact with ourselves. So things like self-awareness, things like resilience, time management, prioritizing is all intrapersonal and then communication influencing leading motivating people is much more of an interpersonal stuff and i think it's more than important or even essential i think it's absolutely crucial in everything we do but especially in a procurement role and does nlp bridge the gap between those two sets of skills that you describe or is it equally important to both sides Absolutely bridges the gap. It's like, you know, when you get on a plane and they give you the safety talk and they say, you know, if the oxygen masks fall down, you put yours on before you help anybody else. So the intrapersonal skills become really, really important. You can't be a good interpersonal interactor, if you like, Mm -hmm. if you're not a good intrapersonal actor as well. And I think some of the differences here, when we talk about things like time management, that's a set of skills that's useful to have. When we get into the world of NLP, we're getting into what happens inside your brain and what happens inside other people's brains. And how do you understand how you're seeing the world and how other people are seeing the world and make those connections, build those bits of rapport much, much more. So if we bring that back to the world of procurement and what NLP can do, how do we begin to build high-performing procurement people for tomorrow? What is it that they need to be able to do? The first thing they need to be able to do is to really understand their own view of the world. So that self-awareness and the interpersonal stuff is really important. And then what they need to be able to do is to put themselves in the other person's shoes and understand, first of all, that there is a different view of the world in their view. And a lot of people, you know, we don't think that. We think everybody sees the world the same way that we do. First of all, we need to accept that there are different ways of looking at the world. Then we need to be able to put ourselves in the other person's shoes and see the world through their eyes. Because it's only when we do that can we actually communicate effectively. When we understand their map of the world, we can map our world over theirs and be much more effective in terms of leading people to a win-win outcome. It seems that this helps us understand a lot of different viewpoints, a lot of ways that you can interact with people. And it's almost like something that we should do in everyday life, really. Mm -hmm. But do you think that NLP is more important for procurement than any other function within the business? And if not, why not? And if not, what other functions could make use of it as well? Good question. Every function can make use of it. I think procurement is different to every other function in an organization, except possibly sales and marketing, Mm -hmm. although more in procurement, because procurement affects widely across the organization. So influencing stakeholders internally, which, you know, sales and marketing don't need to do quite as much because they're much more outward focused. And procurement is both outward focused and inward focused. So I think there's a wider skill set and a wider set of behaviors that's required in procurement than any other role within an organization. So therefore, you know, we need to be much better at it and much better at influencing people internally where we don't have a power relationship, perhaps, with stakeholders. So we can't tell them what to do. We need to get them to buy into it. And also externally with organizations who've perhaps got very different cultures than ours. And that's a really key point, because I think people often forget how critical that cross-functional business engagement is. So we need to be able to engage with those functions, influence those functions. We're driving in change, challenging why do you want to buy it that way? Because that doesn't make good commercial sustainability, supply chain security sense. But also if we think about negotiation as well, how we're influencing suppliers, building relationships with suppliers, you know, that's quite a unique set of things that procurement does in any business. 
And when I did the training, the biggest thing I took away from it was the value and the importance of building rapport internally and with suppliers and with other stakeholders as well. So help us understand a bit more about building rapport. What is it we need to do there, Martin? First of all, I'm glad that you got so much out of the rapport part, because for me, rapport is crucial that without a connection with somebody else, you can't influence them, motivate them, lead them, have a conversation with them. So rapport is the absolutely crucial skill that you need to have. And lots of us have rapport with people anyway. So I suppose the first question to ask Paul, because I've obviously asked this question of you before, Jonathan, I know the answer. Paul, do you have any friends? Loads of them. I could have answered that for you, actually. I'm confident to say I've got loads of them. Yeah, you've got at least two. Possibly even three. And then there are the people I don't employ. (laughs) (laughs) So what is it about them that make them friends? They're all alcoholics. (laughs) So you've all got something in common. (laughs) Were you expecting a serious answer to these questions? (laughs) Well, no, because you've just answered it in exactly the way I would expect. You've all got something in common. Yeah, you jest. There is actually that. I'm a lover of wine, so I do have friends within that. I know you're not exactly too far from that position yourself (laughs) either, and I bet you are the same as well, Martin. Yeah, I've got networks of friends that run businesses or they operate within the production industry or the people I've worked with before. There are people I do sport with. There's lots Mm -hmm. of ways that you can define a friend. From a sports point of view, shared interests. Mm-hmm. From a work point of view, similar backgrounds, similar experiences. So essentially, we like people who are like us. So we're naturally attracted to people who are like us. And that's great because the people who we have to influence who we are like is a lot easier than the people we have to influence that we don't like. Because the reality is we aren't like everybody in the world. So therefore, we need to create a connection with people that might not be there naturally. So building report is all about demonstrating that you are like that other person. And most of what we do in communication is around behavior. So we need to behave and share experiences or share commonality. And the way that we communicate is the, the key part to doing this, because most of the time we are communicating. So mm-hmm. we build rapport by communicating in the same way that the people we're talking to. The Procurement Show, exploring the more interesting bits about procurement. And now, the Procurement Fun Fact. This edition's exciting tale of preposterous procurement, bizarre buying, or simply saucy sourcing. One of the oldest examples of poor procurement was the construction of the iconic Sydney Opera House. Originally budgeted at $5 million, the final cost exceeded $120 million due to poor procurement, along with design changes and engineering challenges. After 14 years of construction involving more than 10,000 construction workers, the Sydney Opera House was finally opened by Queen Elizabeth II in 1973. And if you've ever visited it, it was worth every cent. The Procurement Fun Fact. Contact us by email, hello at theprocurementshow.com. Send us a tweet at Procurement Show or connect with us on LinkedIn. Search for The Procurement Show. Some of that communication is subconscious as well. And learning how to do that communication bit at a more subconscious level is very powerful. It's something we teach when we run negotiation training. There's that superficial bit about how can you be interested in somebody and have shared occupation, shared hobbies, things like that, shared interests. But there's also the what makes me just like you. 
you know, in you're terms doing, of, I know what you're doing. Yeah. We've had many programs about this. And I'm just I'm you, mirroring you, your body postural echo and right all that now. kind of stuff. Yeah. You mentioned subconscious yes. level. Is this whole NLP thing extracting and analyzing what we do subconsciously and allowing us to embrace the aspects of that subconscious influence? In fact, even more than that, when things are in our unconscious, we react to a situation. So we're kind of out of control with that. We're probably pretty good at it because we've learned through years how to react unconsciously to situations. But when we can make it conscious, it gives us choice so we can behave in a way that's more effective than if we just react in a normal situation. And especially with people we're not familiar with or we're not similar to, by being conscious of our behaviour, we can modify our behaviour to be much more effective. It seems to be very multifaceted and actually quite Mm. complex. I mean, what would you say is the most valuable bit of development that needs to happen to an individual or to an entire procurement or supply chain function, if we bring it back to procurement, Mm -hmm. in order to make this work? And can you give any specific examples? Yeah, there's lots. But I'll answer the first part of the question first. I mean, I think really the most important thing in terms of development is a process called pacing and leading. What we tend to do normally is try and drag people into our world and see the world through our point of view. Mm -hmm. So see the negotiation from our point of view rather than step into their world and try and guide them, if you like, lead them to a win-win outcome. So learning how to pace and lead, communicate with the other person in their world is an absolute key to this whole development process. So I've got an example where a friend of mine was a junior procurement team member in uh, NHS Trust. And he was given a project by the head of procurement. And he said, we need you to sort this out because it's a mess. And he showed him an email that had come from a senior consultant doctor. And the email literally to procurement plus 150 other senior people within the hospital said, this is war in very large letters. That was the whole email. So he was given this email and said, right, sort it out. So off he went. And he'd done some NLP training with me, which he said, you know, is really, really valuable, a bit like Jonathan just said. And at the end of the project, the really angry, antagonistic consultant sent an email around to the same 150 people, which said the godlike procurement guy has not only produced the best outcome that we could look for, but has also saved the trust £800,000. Wow. And has now become an absolute advocate for procurement. So from thinking of procurement as a barrier to getting what he wanted, to seeing them as an enabler to get the best outcome just in one project, and that was entirely down to the way that my friend communicated That's the whole project with him. Yeah, what a brilliant example mm. that that is. There's something in here about identity, I think, as well, because we talk about how you change your behaviours, how you're able to pace yourself, put yourself into their world, But there's also, I think, here a piece around who you are, because in procurement, we need to have confidence. We need to be assertive, especially when we're up against a really tough supply and negotiation. But not everybody is assertive. Not everybody has that level of confidence. And some people are not naturally good at relationships. So how do we begin to understand who we are? And once we do that, if we lack assertiveness, if we lack confidence, how do we begin to drive that change? comes down to self-awareness again. Yeah. And on our Developing Procurement Talent program, the first thing we do, we've created a very, very simple self-awareness tool that people can score themselves on their own perception on things like assertiveness, negotiation, leadership, resilience, confidence. And then their manager does the same. So they have that comparison. And then we look at where the skills gap is. So where do they want to be on those scores? And they're all like a simple one to 10 scale. 
So there's the starting point to help them develop it. So with all of those areas, apart from confidence, they are skills that you can develop and behavior. So you can behave more assertively. You can learn how to negotiate more effectively. You can learn to be a better leader. You know, there are people who are naturally more assertive, natural negotiators and so on. But by developing those skills, your confidence level has to increase because you're better at all of those things that are part of your role. So it starts with that self-awareness. And then it starts with development, you know, through training, coaching, experience, and really, really importantly, good leadership and mentoring within the organisation that can help those individuals develop. Is being great at NLP some kind of superpower? In other words, how can you get people to do what you want them to do? It's not magic. So you can't force people to do things they don't want to do. But you can sell it to them in a way. We're talking about pacing and leading. So you're not pushing people because if you try and push people to do something, they resist. Mm -hmm. If you walk with them and lead them somewhere, they end up where you want them to be and they're happy about it. We're talking about selling. You know, We want to get people to buy in. If people really, really don't want to do it, you're not going to be able to influence people without a big stick. You're saying that people are naturally a little bit defensive. Not everybody and not in every situation, but in some situations, pretty well everybody will be defensive or resistant. And I suppose in a negotiation, everybody is sceptical about what they're going to lose and someone's going to try and beat us here and someone's going to try and win. So there's a lot of resistance in that. There's a lot of conscious resistance as well as unconscious resistance. So it's really about how we can work more consciously with our skills and our tools to overcome that conscious resistance, if you see what I mean. Mm -hmm. I heard a wonderful story of somebody who had a fear of flying and everybody who had tried to help this person, the tactic here was to not physically, but to try and drag them onto the plane, you know, yes. get over it. You know, it's irrational. Just get on the plane, you know, that sort of thing. None of which helped. And it was only when somebody tried to understand this person's fear and what it was and say, well, why don't we just try going to the airport, having a look around, getting familiar with the airport and then coming home again? Mm. Why don't we actually book a cheap flight, but not necessarily use it and we'll go through security? And they did all of this stuff and gradually put themselves mm. in their world and led them to the point where they were ready to take the next step. But very different because, you know, we tend to do this, just get over it. You know, you can do this. Why are you being so silly? Those are the sorts of things people often do, isn't it? But actually getting into their world can drive a huge change here, I think. Absolutely. We've got lots of stories like that where we've been able to help people overcome problems in that situation. But it is very much about understanding their map of the world and accepting that it's different than yours and having respect for it. You might not agree with it, but actually starting from their point of view and their world and helping them develop the resources that they need and the processes they need to be able to make it happen. And there are a set of beliefs in NLP that kind of cover all of these areas. You know, we say things like the map is not the territory, which mm -hmm. essentially means that our perception of the world isn't the reality. And the problem is that we often think that our perception is the reality. And so we have to start from a position of, I don't know whether yep. I'm right or not. It's time to Ask Jonathan. And today's Ask Jonathan comes from Katerina Petrovich who writes, I am a student in Croatia and I am soon to make choices about what subjects I will take. I recently met someone at a family wedding who worked in procurement for a large company. The meeting has made me want to have a similar job in the future, but now I decide what subjects to take. 
I think she's after some advice, Jonathan. Katerina, that's a really great question. And interestingly enough, one I hear a lot because procurement is one of these areas where people end up there from different backgrounds, which is really good. The good news is that the procurement bit you can learn. So there's lots of good books out there, lots of courses that you can take to learn the tools and how procurement works. But actually, there's the who you are that gets you there. And there's many different sort of traditional routes in. Business studies is a great route because it gives you an understanding of the whole business. Finance and economics, economics especially, a lot of economics within procurement. You could come from an engineering field or technical field because often that engineering discipline helps, but often you're involved with buying technical things as well. Legal. A lot of procurement people come from a legal background. Others come from a project management background. Others perhaps come from a sales or even managing supplier type background and other skills that can really help if you've done something in the field of communication and negotiation that can really help as well. So what that means is there are many different routes in. And I think the key thing is to do something that you enjoy that you like that will then transition you into that because whether you've come from an economic background or a technical background or a legal background all of those things really help to position you for many aspects of what we do in procurement and all the other things are things that can be learnt so do something you enjoy do something you love and then work towards how you can transition into procurement from there lovely answer thank you for that Jonathan and thank you for your question Katerina if you want to ask Jonathan a question about anything to do with procurement and indeed how you apply procurement within any business area here's how to get in touch ask Jonathan email your question to Jonathan at the procurement show.com you might be part of the next show the procurement show the latest thinking the greatest insights We've talked about skills in the workplace and how that helps procurement functions be able to operate a lot better. What about career development? What about self-development here as well? And is NLP something that can help an individual to realise their ambitions, their career goals, their personal development? And if so, what does somebody need to do to begin to unlock that? I had an email, it was about a year ago now, from somebody who was on a practitioner course, probably 15 years ago, and I haven't seen her or heard from her since then. She was an HR manager in a clothing company, and we were talking about goal setting, and she said, well, I've always had this dream to go into politics. And I said, well, we can turn that into a goal, because the first thing that you need is to know where it is you want to be. So we talk about ambition, you need to have a goal somewhere that you want to be. So we did, and we used the NLP process for goal setting. And then I got this email a couple of years ago, and it said, as you know, I am a member of parliament. In fact, now she is a junior minister. It was just a phenomenal story. And I said, can I quote you on that? Can I have a testimonial? She said, no. (laughs) No, but you know she's out there, right? And she did say, and it was all down to the NLP course that I did. Say I'm a CPO, Chief Procurement Officer, or Director of HR, any size of business, and I've got some budget for team development. Sell it to me. Why would I choose NLP as my next course to send my team on? The NLP thoughts, processes, skills, tools, techniques, call them what you will, underpin everything else. So you can learn certain behaviours and processes through a really good negotiation course. You can learn technical processes. So you can learn the what quite easily. What you really need is the how. So the how to implement all of those things really, really effectively. So I would say that this is the kind of building blocks, the foundations, if you like, of all of the interpersonal, intrapersonal skills that you're going to need within the procurement um, division. And then you can build all of the technical skills on it. Because the reality is that 
the higher up an organization you go, the less you need those technical skills, mm -hmm. the more you need the interpersonal, intrapersonal skills. So getting those early gives you a real good start. And if you've got your whole team doing that, that's really going to be helpful. I'd like to bring Jonathan in on this, and yeah. with particularly the application of NLP within procurement and procurement training. We often challenge the traditional approach to procurement and the old school way of thinking sure. on the procurement yeah. show. It's part of why the show exists, mm -hmm. to get people to think more creatively. Do you think that this application of NLP within procurement will help the function be a bit more creative in its approach? Yeah, definitely not just creative, but effective as well. And it's something that exists in all of the good training that's out there. All the training that we do, rapport building sits right at the heart. Negotiation training, build rapport with the supplier. You know, that old school thing of you beat the supplier up, none of that really works. Yeah, you want to be in control, but build rapport, get into their subconscious, understand who they are, because that's what a well-trained salesperson is doing to you. So if you do it back to them, it puts you much more in control of that process. It makes them like you and want to do the deal with you, and they won't realize that you're necessarily doing these things with them. So you're making yourself just like them to be able to have more control and influence over the situation. And exactly the same thing is something that happens internally as well. And I love the example of the clinician who said this is war, because that's typical of procurement in many businesses where the business says, hey, procurement's getting in the way. We just need to do this. This is what we need to source. And the suppliers, my friend, we're going to go and do it. And actually, when procurement starts getting involved and challenging, you get that conflict. So being able to put yourself in their position and pace and lead with them really helps to win them over to the bigger cause, which is understanding how to source more effectively. Okay, so to both of you then, as an organisation, how do I identify the urgency? When I look around the organisations we work with, the capability of individuals is absolutely key because mm -hmm. without high-performing people, you don't have a function. If they're operating tactically, you're just going to be buying things and doing a little bit of negotiation. If they're operating strategically across the business, they're going to be contributing to what the business is trying to do. That only comes with people who, one have the procurement know-how to know how to be strategic, but more importantly, who can then engage with people to make it happen? Remember that the things we buy don't belong to procurement. The suppliers are not procurement suppliers. All of those things belong to the organization. Procurement is just the thing that creates the conduit for how we source them. Martin, what do you think? I totally agree with that. I've got a simple answer to it, which is if you've got people, you need to do it. And if you've got people who talk to other people, you need to do it. And I guess that would cover everybody in an organisation. And I've just come off a call with a client who we're talking about doing a procurement talent programme, which is essentially NLP, but we don't really talk about NLP in it. It's all the same tools, same techniques, same processes. His first point is right. These people are all strategic, so we need to get them on the course. But also there's other people below that who aren't strategic, so they need it as well. And he just went through it all himself and just basically said, yeah, everyone needs to do it. Fortunately, he has done a practitioner course in the past, so he knows what benefits there are to him and to the organisation. So I would totally agree with what Jonathan's saying there. You've mentioned about we're all in this together. You've yeah. mentioned, Martin, about from an organisational point of view. Do you therefore think that if you've developed an NLP course and you're going to go back to my earlier question about sending a team on an NLP course, mm -hmm. should it just be procurement and just targeted at the procurement's facilitation of it? Or should you also bring in the likes of your sales, your marketing, your PR people, so they know how to talk to each other as well? I think it 
is more effective if you can do this just within a procurement team because you can talk about the specific challenges that procurement have and how it works. Always good to share training and do it with other people because you see those perspectives. This is one that if you can, keep it within the team because you can talk about those unique things. What do you think, Martin? Yes, I agree that having a discrete team going through the training together means they're all having the same learning process and you can focus it on key processes that that team go through. That doesn't mean to say that the sales and marketing team, the PR team, the leadership team, everybody else should do it. But I think do it within the team because that's the really important bit. That's how you develop the tools and techniques specifically to help you with the processes that you're using and the behaviours that you're doing. So how can somebody find their inner procurement professional? What do they have to do? Sign up for a course. (laughs) I would say that what they need to do is, first of all, again, it's self-awareness. Decide what you want. Do you actually want to be a procurement professional? Or if you drifted into this because, oh, it looked like a nice job to do. If you're really focused on it, then get the technical skills that you're going to need but also look at the skills that you're going to need to develop and become really effective. It's all about applying those technical skills. So I would say starting point is self-awareness. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? And then we can talk about how to get there. I think we could talk a lot more about this, especially over dinner. Yes, and, um, I know where you're heading yes, with this. And I think we should order in some takeaways. Yep. But whilst we're thinking about that, Martin, what would your three key takeaways be from this conversation? Back in the 1980s, I was involved in total quality management, if you can remember that from the way in dim and distant past. And it was a Japanese initiative. And there was a professor, Ishigawa, who was on that. He was showing a video of him and they said, what three things do we need to implement this within an organization? He said, the three things you need are senior management commitment, senior management commitment and senior management commitment. I would start with the takeaway saying that the three takeaways from this are rapport, rapport and rapport. I would add to that and say that state management, so helping yourself feel more confident, even if you're not confident, helping yourself feel more relaxed and pace lead, step into their world and lead them to where you want them to be rather than try and push them. Martin Crump from Evolution Online, thank you so much for joining us. It's been insightful to learn a little bit more about neuro-linguistic programming. Thank you. Thanks. You've been listening to The Procurement Show. Contact us by email... Hello at theprocurementshow.com. Connect with us on LinkedIn, search for The Procurement Show, and on Twitter at Procurement Show. Visit us at theprocurementshow.com. The Procurement Show is brought to you by Positive Purchasing, enabling the future of procurement in organizations around the globe. Copyright Positive Purchasing, all rights reserved. Produced by Fresh Air Studios.